The thing that I wanted to talk about is the security policy of of Sweden. <laughs> is do we have a security policy in Sweden? No, we don't. Uh, or the lack of security policy. It has been five years since the worst terrorist attack in Sweden's modern history. One Rahmat Akilov, um, who has uh, who is connected to ISIS. Uh, used uh, a truck to to mow down people in Drottninggatan here in Stockholm, and five people have died um, in consequence. And the thing is, there are many things to note about his case. One of them is that he, he was an asylum seeker, but the thing is, he should never have been here in Sweden because he already had visa in Poland, so that's one thing. I don't know what the fuck he was doing here in Sweden and why they had to look into his um, his case at all because according to Dublin regulation, Sweden is not the country to, to, uh, to examine his case. That's one thing. A second thing, when he got rejected, he basically was... Uh, he, he was able to, to be freely here in the country uh, and he went underground. And... And there is still a problem with many people who are staying here in Sweden illegally, uh, whether their their asylum, many of them, their asylum has been rejected, for example, and the security apparatus here in Sweden, SAPO, um, security police, does not know really anything about them at all. And they, they are estimated to be tens of thousands of people. And it's possible that, or even likely, that there are some among them who have extremist views, and it's quite often since Sweden has like a lot of Islamists, they can fall, they can be an easy prey also to radicalization and recruitment. And that's one thing. Because they live in the shadows. So yes, so much exactly. They are very in a very vulnerable situation. But one more provocative thing is that according to Sapo, there is 250 people living here in Sweden today that are considered security threat because they have been judged to have the intent and capacity to perform terror attacks in Sweden <laughs> or cooperate with foreign powers to undermine Sweden's security. And these people are not being deported. And they are not being deported for the most part, because there is some worry that they will be mistreated in their home countries. Aww. And many of them, they are not even under arrest. Mm. So many of them, I think the majority of them, are free walking the streets of Sweden. Yep. And this is, to me, it's insane. Because what you're, you're doing... Racist. You just hate brown people and Muslims. But 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 think about it, because what you're doing is that you are saying that I am not prioritizing the safety and security of the citizens of the country. I'm putting this beneath prioritizing that maybe if I deport these people, they could be subjected to a violation of their integrity. And these are fucking jihadists. What are terrorists? Yes, that's insane. For, for me, I cannot, I cannot really... 
I can and I cannot. It's like almost I don't want to accept. Like I understand the Swedishness of it, you know? Yeah. I get it. It's you understand not a, why it's happening. Yes, but, but I refuse it. <laughs> that it's happening. And um, add to that that it's not possible to revoke the citizenship of um, people who are basically sentenced for um, terror crimes. You're not able to like revoke their citizenship, even if they had double citizenship, which also is insane. Mm. Uh, they should you should like revoke the citizenship and like they should be deported as well. You know why? But because like you hear Swedes saying, but the, oh, that goes against Swedish law, and it's like, wait, when did Swedish law become the Quran? Yeah, like, laws can change. Of course they can, yeah. but they believe that the Swedish law is so holy and sacred that you know you can't touch it. Like asylagen, which is the asylum law which was not even written by Swedes. It was written by a bunch of elitists from the United Nations that decided that this is the asylum, the, convu- uh, the refugee convention, and those are laws that they wrote down. And the Swedes follow these r- laws. And whenever you bring discussions or dis- uh, discuss this very topic about terrorists or people who pose a threat to s- Swedish security, the answer is that, no, you cannot deport them or you cannot uh, take away their passports because we have laws that that go against that well if there is a law that literally poses a threat to your country then you have to reconsider that law that's why we have politicians and decision makers that debate um basic ideas and principles that are happening in the country but this is also this brings me to this thought that i always have and i think i've heard you say something along those lines before that um, Europeans or Swedes might have left Christianity as a religion, but they have adapted different kinds of religions. Mm. Vadigron, which is the value religion, where you have to, you know, never say racist things and like exclude everybody who says anything that could be remotely racist, even if most of these things aren't really racist. Um, uh, feminism, where you know women's rights, uh, or like the definition of what they see as women's rights is something so holy that you cannot even question or ask you any questions. Quest- like you cannot question, for example, that Sweden is a patriarchy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And sex workers, like that's also another mm-hmm. topic. But in Sweden, like in the Netherlands, there's more open-mindedness. Uh, open-mindedness. So like Swedes have transitioned to becoming extremely religious, but about non-religious ideas. They made the climate change, feminism, values, anti-racism. They have become the new religion. And what's dangerous about this is that their ideas that are, you know, still being discussed, their fresh ideas like anti-racism, feminism, Climate change. All of these stuff have been... How long have they been around? 30, 40, 60 years? We as humans have existed for at least 150,000 years. These new ideas are still being tested. And they have enabled for radical changes that have happened in Sweden that allow for 250 terrorists to to, to be in Sweden without any deportation or consequences. And I fear... And I, I wrote something about this a long time ago that... Like, I will have, like, so many white people say, no, but we can't deport them because, you know, uh, Swedish law says that we can't and we have strong laws and whatever. And it's like, but listen, if when Akilov, you know, the day that Akilov went out and, you know, killed all of these people uh, and also broke Irina Zamonova's leg 
and she got deported while he stays here in Sweden and we pay our taxes so that we can host him in our fancy uh, prisons. Um, when he did that, it was a very gloomy and dark day in Sweden. Everybody knew it. Everybody felt it. It was like so the air was thick. Uh, you could see people really nervous and angry. And I was um, I was with my friend. He was driving his car. Another friend hopped into the car, and we were just driving around, just like in silent, in complete silence, listening to Ariana Grande. And suddenly, uh, just casually mentioned that. Yeah, just casually. <laughs> and suddenly, we the the car stops because of of the traffic lights, and a guy stops uh, his bike and he gives us his middle finger to all three of us and then he, he goes away. Because of Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the song that was playing was kind of like God is a woman so he might have been a fundamentalist Jehovah's Witness. You never know. Uh, but interestingly, like when that happened, my friend started crying, the girl who's Syrian. Uh, she started, She had like almost a mental breakdown Oi. because of it. She was like, how dare he like just think that I am okay with this terrorist attack and whatever. And I was like, so I, I think for, for me that back to this, these white people telling me, oh, but we have protect, to protect our laws. When terrorists go out and kill Swedes and kill people in Europe, the people who get affected by it are people who are Muslim and the people who look Muslim or, oh, definitely. I mean, or wear the hijab. Responsible migration policies in general also. Yep. Um, that that lead to like higher criminality among like people with immigrant background and so on, and uh, like you know uh, the strain that is being put on social welfare. And of course, like it's 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 very understandable that it will increase the resentment of the population against, uh, or like some kind of like prejudice against people with like of immigrant backgrounds. Exactly. But, but so the, we're the ones who are affected by it, not these people who are trying to protect us. Yeah, or but supposedly protect us. But the thing is, like. Um, so the the situation I I fear it's like more much more serious than a lot of people are 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 treating it. Um for example, like this number of 250 people who are uh, considered security threat it was 200 people in 2020 and then it rose to 250 in 2021. That's 25% in one year. Uh and these are the people who are confirmed to have like intent and capacity. Like uh, the security police says that there is, that was in 2017, 2,000 known violent Islamists in Sweden. So it's just like this 250, it's just a l small portion of the total number of vi like ideologically violent Islamists and that are living in the country. And add to that is that when they say that these 250 people have the intent, no, those are 250, 250 people who were caught with the intent of having terrorist oh, that's attacks. Also possible. Mm. Uh, how many are there that you haven't, you know, caught them, you know, sending mm. messages on WhatsApp about terror attacks, right? Mm. How many people are silent about their intents? How many people have these discussions and have these intents within their groups that are not subject to online um, security checks on the interwebs? Most I, I do assume that most Islamists and most terrorists are not just going to, you know, be sending each other messages on WhatsApp or Facebook or Instagram talking about terrorist attacks. The stupid ones are. <laughs> yeah, the stupid ones are 250, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, there is some kind of, like, false sense of security 
among a lot like a lot of people in Sweden because there hasn't been that many terrorist attacks and there's this this false sense of security is um it does not take into consideration that the police has foiled many terrorist attacks here in Sweden before and like they continue to do that every year uh, and one of these attacks maybe will they will miss <laughs> yeah and i also wonder like in terms of how the people are perceived and how the swedish population won't talk about it because of perceived Islamophobia, racism, and so many other uh, negative terms that they have invented themselves um, would really impact the the Muslims who have nothing to do with this. It's Mm. even a larger threat to us than it is to other people because, you know, the incident that you had in the car where somebody showed you the middle finger, you had nothing to do do with it. But also analyzing the three people sitting in the room, all three of us would be under the same category by um, a person who is actually racist and who is actually angry and would project his anger onto other people who look the same without even knowing them, um, we too would be vulnerable of it um, or those attacks or what would be called Islamophobic attacks, um, but is so constantly ignored by a lot of the Swedish population. But within my conversations that I've had with people from different aspects right so not people who are into politics people at work you know people that i meet randomly a lot of people have that on that on their mind would but never say that because they're so scared of the backlash Mm. and it makes me think that you know how we talked about swedes believing in a different religion which is like i would say extreme left as well when they you know when the extreme left would actively protest against um, extreme right views, they don't usually categorize Islamism as a right view, but they have or like an extreme right view or fundamental view because it's just a separate topic. Like conservatives are not uh, conservatives exclude Muslim conservatives, mm. even though they have so much in common, <laughs> almost the same, except you know. Um, uh, fundamentalist Islam, Islamic fundamentalists or Islamists rather mm. would go an extra step to even hurt minorities within their own families if they don't do it in a terrorist attack. Putting every other, and I'm, I'm thinking of the little girls who are born into those families who will be mm. restricted from so many rights mm. Um, mm. in Sweden or mm. you know around the world that is constantly being ignored because we're so scared to call it out. Mm. And I wonder with this podcast, like when people are listening, what is their initial thought of us actually talking about the facts? Are they going to label us as racist, given that we belong to the same race? Yeah. Um, it, it would also be really interesting to analyze how people construct or contextualize what we're saying right now. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, like you get called like you're internalized your racism towards your own people and you hate your own people and whatever. Yeah, Uncle yeah. Tom and like Uncle Tom, exactly. But I, I do think it's fascinating because what you said is completely true that those radical Islamists and Islamists and many Muslims as well are like far right, right? Like far, far right when it comes to like in-group, out-group, women rights, gay rights. And like I, I told you guys in the first uh, episode about the clubhouse. By the way, I, I, I stopped using right and left when it comes to, or I try as much as possible when it comes to like 
ideas. I use them now strictly to describe economic policies <laughs> <laughs> because it has become so confusing what's it, it right has. and left so like, what, what when do it you comes to then? values. What do you say then? Like if you want to describe like conservative... Reactionary, reactionary values. Maybe. But do you think they're reactionary? Yeah. You, Are you they? Uh, like, like for like being against like homosexuality or being against uh, or like honor culture for honor culture it is a reactionary being against honor no, culture honor culture is for, a, uh, honor culture itself uh, is a reactionary set of values um same thing with like homophobia all these things are reactionary interesting hmm? because that's not what my perspective of what reactionism is you know what you just said about not labeling left or right because it's become so confusing and so diluted as well because there are people who would consider this themselves as left including myself which i've kind of like stopped using the label as well um would be categorized as right and it would also depend on what country mm. and what context in the us whatnot but it reminded me of this amazing documentary uh better left unsaid mm. which is really good and it talks to like left wing or people who identify as left wing and people who identify as right wing and kind of like the person who's a narrator and um, talking to different people um, is a brown or an Indian ethnic background and he in the end kind of said I am now apolitical because I can't seem to fit into right. these values because we talk about different things and we agree on different things and somehow because I am brown I am considered to be a victim by mm. default, by, mm. you know, white people. Mm. But so, so like, I, I had to look up the definition of reactionary because in my head, and I think I'm right, I'm like, I thought reactionary, it's actually it comes from the word, like just reacting against popular belief is what I thought. But the definition is opposing political or social progress or reform. And then similar, similar words to reactionary is right wing, conservative, rightist and ultra conservative mm. but what i see like reactionary is kind of like people who oppose pride right uh they're reacting to like an extremely politicized movement they're mm. reacting they're saying no i don't want people walking around with dildos around my children no i don't want to see bdsm on the street on like a nice tuesday evening on in june those are reactions but there are not because the word reactionary makes it it has it's a very loaded word right because it's affiliated with ultra conservatism but is it really ultra conservative to say i don't want to see dildos on the street or to say like i think women should take up just as much rights as men in terms of like you know working in crappy jobs for example is that reactionary or is it just Responsive. It's kind of like um, because reactionary kind of means kind of like contrarian, which means you're just opposing any popular belief. Well, uh, I think well, th these are like sem semantics in a way. But reactionary, it would be like uh, in Swedish would be bakotstravande. Mm. So it's basically you're trying to go back to the past. The past. Mm. So. Um, one could say being against homo, but that's also be kind of like a, it has to have a cultural context to have a timeline because the thing is if we say like being against homosexuality is reactionary it is right now 
because if you go back to ancient Greece mm. <laughs> or or like there's a lot of like ancient cultures even in the Middle East where homosexuality was not like a big deal at all mm, like the Ottoman um, Empire yeah you know? so the, it depends on the context mm. um but anyways yeah maybe ultra conservative could be mm. a, a term that is less uh, yeah, just like the turf conversation, you know, turfs being you know trans exclusionary radical feminists. In ten years, and I do believe this actually, whether we like it or not, that the trans discussion is going to be so far that if you actually oppose, um, you know, hormonal, you know, injecting children who are like twelve or thirteen with hormones. If you say that you're oppo- uh, oppose- opposing to that, then you're going to be deemed as extremely regressive and but that's, that's already, I have news for case. you. Yeah, I, was, I have news for you. We're 10, 10 years ahead. Actually, yeah. no. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that's the case right now in Sweden even. The social steerals and like uh, they, uh, I think it was 2017 they recommended um, puberty blockers for children who are unsure about right. their gender like just mm. in case ch- children who are pre-puberty right. um so- social democrats and Miljöpartiet wanted to wanted children to be able to do like go through that process without the consent of their parents yeah. or at least one parent the green uh, like, party, the green party. Yeah. But uh, here, here's without the, the consent like it would be enough that one of the parents consent and i think i can't remember exactly but i think there were voices with within some voices that wanted to abolish uh, like per- parental permission totally so a child who's like 11 12 can go and like basically yeah like um, change their gender and take puberty blockers and things like that without the parents consenting right but but what i meant is in 10 years the right wing f- extremists so like or the so called right wing extremists so Swedish Democrats, the Republicans in the United States, the Nationalists in Denmark and France, they will also be on the train. Do you get what I mean? Like the national consensus about trans rights is going to be more dominant. I don't think so. I don't think so because there's there's another aspect. I said whether you like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) No, because, okay, here, there's another aspect of, of, uh, I would say, I would call it uh, like... Uh, realism or materialism the thing is for the most part people are still rational when it comes to their kids so for example there there wouldn't be a cultural acceptance i don't think at any point in time especially not now that be the majority of a of a culture or society including here in sweden would think it's reasonable that a 10 year old would change their sex without their parents' consent if they are unsure about their gender. I don't think this is going to happen. I think a lot of a lot of parents would be like they would think that out of just like instinctive uh, protectiveness towards their children would like see this like for example because puberty blockers you basically you also you will not be able to have kids mm. for the most part. Uh, this is one of the side effects. Um, and it has like also a lot of other like side effects. But and it's so already on. happening. It it is already happening. However, I think that this should also be the role of medical professionals hmm. to incorporate, not just like parents concept, like conscious or their feelings about it. I think this has to be um, 
as right as um transphobic as it may sound for this to be a board of national medical experts i think this is re- this is necessary this is necessary for all medical professionals to get on board but i was going to say the the word turf is so commonly used even if you bring any nuance into the trans conversation and i feel like this would be a topic that we should talk talk about mm. um but i feel like in terms of being reactionary in terms of being reactionary um in those ideas it would always be ever changing with how many people especially um with the environment now is and since covid a lot of people have sought um comfort or their need to voice it and call themselves activists over twitter mm. and there's more there's less nuance but more aggression that You're brings about it <laughs> I was going there's more there's less nuance and there's more aggression that comes about these topics that somehow categorized in a very subjective point of view for somebody to be ultra conservative even mm. if they're not actually being ultra conservative they're just being rational but but the thing is like yeah I agree that it will always keep changing this is why I have developed some kind of like aversion for for labels totally. I mm. I don't like to use ta- labels that much, especially labels that are bound to like uh, interpret like open to interpretation and confusion. Like right and left. Like feminism, for example, I don't use the term at all. I don't use it in a, in a negative way or a, or a positive way. Mm. I don't. I I refuse to use it. Like like I was saying before, if somebody asks me if I'm a feminist, I say I'm not not a feminist. Uh, and but that means you're a feminist not necessarily <laughs> negate two negatives uh, not not exactly because like here then they, they would be saying you're that just trying a, to confuse them no there will be a definition of feminism mm. that uh, that I am necessarily against but there isn't really like it, it depends like but the I, definition is the equal rights for men for both sexes economically polit- politically and socially that's the basic definition but talking about like language and its development again even language changes so for example if the consensus if a lot because a lot of people for especially on the right for them feminism means radical feminism they are the same thing yeah. feminism means fee mm. like or like the radical the feminist party yeah. uh, this is and 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 to try to like I used to like be autistically trying to correct people and point to the dictionary. Like here is the definition of that. Um, it's pointless if it's like you can't argue with people who perceive a word to mean something, like a group of people, and tell them no, you're wrong. This weird word does not mean that. And so I I stopped using it. It's much easier. <laughs> That's interesting. I I also try to stop using words like right and left because I'm not a right winger. Like a lot of people assume because of my criticism of, um, I'm economically right, for example. Are you? Yeah. Would you say that I'm economically right or left? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> are that, you? That's a really good answer because <laughs> I don't really voice a lot of, um, uh, I don't really voice my opinions about economy because, mm. in Sweden, I would say I am, a social democrat economically, but. I would like to uh, readjust where we're putting all the money mm. because 
a lot of money is being put into the into the government. The problem is where does the money go? Yeah, there's and a lot of waste. Mm. Exactly. If all of the money is being invested where it should be invested, like police, healthcare, uh, building housings for all the people that live here, etc., you'd have a much more functional country than we have now. No, I'm definitely right of the social democrats on the economy. Mm. Uh, I get that. But yeah. I think you are that way because <laughs> I'm being judgmental now. But I think a lot of people are tending to be more right economically because Swedish money is being wasted. Like we literally sent 180 billion krona to the EU as a corona fund. And we have like over 300,000 pensioners in Sweden who are living under the poverty line. Like we're literally just throwing money in, into the ocean which which is also really surprising because tanzania gets a lot of money for eu for covid and they're covid deniers they're like f- the president the last president who died was like full on had a chemistry or major and it's like covid doesn't exist and i'm like so this is where the money is coming from <laughs> that makes a lot of sense how you can cheat a lot of the government because of the covid funds mm. no but, but someone asked me recently if uh, someone who's like more left-wing than me uh, economically me, economically okay now i get uh, it every time you say left <laughs> on, I'm like just think of the money yeah uh, and and they she asked me basically like how much should we reduce what what the level of taxation should be how much would would should we pay in taxes if i'm saying the taxation is so high and for me, this like the people who say that they are seeing the question from the wrong angle. For me, I'm not against a social welfare state. I want like the money to be spent on education, healthcare, uh, infrastructure, police, and the army. That's it. <laughs> then you're a social <laughs> like, put, democrat. Put the money there. No, I wouldn't say they are much more. For example, social democrats want to spend a lot of money on culture. I'm against spending any tax money on culture. Zero. Okay. Yeah. Well, what yeah. is right. culture in their definition? Uh, basically the PMS the art <laughs> that's actually a thing PMS like menstruation menstruation art they, they, they have like really like weird art they, they, they wow if that's their definition of feminism they have never suffered <laughs> patriarchy they've never been to the middle that, east exactly they've never suffered pa- like you know the misogyny mm. where where real misogyny exists and which is why like the term feminism the reason I use it to this day is to reclaim it back mm. because I'm not about to let other people from different culture dem- deny me equal rights mm. and women like me equal rights because, you know, it's uh, that it's uh, yeah, I find it really interesting that some people have a in the West who have all the privilege of, you know, <laughs> rights um, don't dare to talk about other cultures. <laughs>